So here's the thing, there are loads of travel pods out there, but hardly any of them are done on location. We aim to change that. Welcome to Travelcaster, as today we travel from Nice to Turin. Nothing quite says bonjour as an early morning email from SNCF, the French railway company. My first connection today to get me from Nice to Turin has been cancelled. It's not all bad news, though. Fortunately, there are trains every half an hour. It just means me getting to the station 30 minutes earlier. And it's, uh, well, just after 7 in the morning at the moment, but already the temperatures are rising. It's about 16 degrees outside, and, uh, well, we're just waiting for the first connection of the day. Now, today's trip to Turin is going to involve three different trains, one on the French side and two on the Italian side. The first part of the journey to Fentimiglia goes along the Côte d'Azur. From the pictures I've seen online, it certainly looks like a scenic route. The weather is set fair today, so we should get a good view. Then again, we are on a commuter train in the heart of the rush hour, so hopefully I'm going to be able to get a seat by the window. Well, the first couple of stops out of Nice on the TER train were pretty crowded, but then everybody got off at Monaco, Monte Carlo, dressed up to the nines, ready for a day at the office or whatever they were doing on the Millionaire's Coast. But beyond that, the train just glided around the Côte d'Azur, through Monaco and into Italy. We've now changed trains and are en route to Savona. This is a slightly slower train than the one I was planning to get to, but then again, I'm not really in a hurry. Now here's a tip, if you do have a bit more time, because all along this coast are pretty towns full of sandy beaches. Most of them are privately owned, but you just simply rock up and hire a sun lounger and a parasol for the day for just a few euro. It's a great way of exploring these local towns and really having a bit of a break where the locals do. Now I've arrived at my second connection of the day. This is the city of Savona in the Liguria region. Now all along the journey I was basically doing a bit of a Tommy Cooper on the train going Tuttle Coast, Tuttle Coast, Tuttle Coast because there's quite a bit of that. But the history of this railway is really fascinating. It was first planned in 1857. Now you have to remember at the time Italy wasn't as it is today. It was a series of kingdoms and provinces, and the building of the railway was seen as an important step towards unification. So the Ligurian Railway was born, stretching from Genoa, the huge port over in the east, all the way to the border of what is now France. It wasn't until 1872 when the railway was complete. And those pretty coastal views that we see today are only as a result of that mammoth bit of engineering. Well, we have left the coast behind now, and as we climbed up through a narrow valley heading north, all around us now are fields and farms and wheat. 
this is Piedmont region. It's really known as the breadbasket of Italy. You're far more likely here to be eating risotto than you are pasta. And we've arrived in our next destination. Now, if I was to ask you, what's the capital of Italy? You would probably say Rome, right? But let me ask you a slightly different question. What was the first capital of Italy? In fact, it's here, Turin, Torino. And uh, the station itself is incredibly busy. You'll normally turn left from the main platforms to get to your next mode of transport. Depending on precisely where you're heading to, you can either take a tram, a bus, or the metro. Bear in mind that the trams in this city are very modern, but the tram stops themselves aren't all that well marked. They may be different from the ones you're used to. So just make sure you read the map before you embark on your journey. And as ever, buy a ticket and validate it first. Otherwise, you may get fined. You're with Travelcaster, the travel pod that takes you there. Today, we're in Turin. To find out more and get some tips of how to get here and what to do when you arrive, head to travelcaster.blog. Sooner or later in Turin, you'll find yourself in Piazza Castello. This is one of the main squares, and all around are ornate buildings, including royal palaces, art galleries, churches, fountains, the whole lot. This is an area of civic pride and a place to see history all around. Lovely. Now I've arrived on a Tuesday. Guess what? Many of the museums are closed on Tuesdays, so if you want to see museums, don't come on a Tuesday. Porticos, arcades, colonnades, call them what you will, Turin is abundant with them. These covered walkways crisscross the city in every direction, but none are more famous than here at Via Po. Now, Po Street, named after the river that runs through the city, may not be the most attractive sounding of names, but it is one of the most elegant. You can find shops of all descriptions here. Now, although there are some big names and some sparkly things to buy, there are also plenty of second-hand stores selling books, clothes, shoes, you name it. There are also loads of places to grab a bite to eat or maybe a tasty gelato. One of the most famous of all is Café Fioro. Opened in the 1780s, it's attracted royalty and writers including Mark Twain. It's known as a bit of an arty place. But to be honest, you can pick up a cheap and tasty snack almost anywhere along this street. As well as being Italy's original capital, Turin was also made famous by its appearance in the 1960s film The Italian Job. I can tell you for now, there may not be too many errant minis running around, but there are plenty of Fiat's, because this is where they make them. I can tell you this for nothing as well, the drivers take no prisoners, so if the green man isn't showing, don't even try to cross the street.
One of the things that we aim to do with Travelcaster is to let you expect the unexpected. A friend of mine had recommended a really good pizza place not far from the hotel I was staying at, but it's turned into a Persian restaurant. Now, I didn't really fancy that, so I headed down to a beer hall on the other side of town, and that was pretty dead. And then I remembered my friend Liam had mentioned this other place. Imagine, if you will, a large concrete square above a car park with a load of skateboarders. And then imagine placing an enormous glass Swiss chalet-style building in the middle of it. And then imagine filling it with over a 100 beers, many of them local to this part of Italy. Welcome to Open Balladin. The brand was actually invented in the 1980s, and over the decades, Balladin has become a sign of good taste. The beers here range from a very modest 4.3% right up until something that will blow your ears out, 16 or 17%, Trappist style. And by the way, you get free skateboarding tricks to go with it. It's precisely the opposite of what I'd expected when I came to Turin, but it's been a very nice evening out. One thing that I would say is don't be put off by Turin's size. It may seem like an enormous city, but it's immensely walkable, mostly flat. And here, on my walk home, is the Piazza San Carlo, one of the most stunning open spaces in the whole of the city. And at night, it's all lit up. And that's going to wrap up this edition of Travelcaster from Turin in Italy. But our European rail journey continues in the next episode, when we're going to be travelling all the way from Turin over to Trieste. For more details of how we got here and what we did once we arrived, head to travelcaster.blog. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you use. And join us again soon for another Travelcaster, the travel pod that takes you there.